Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Football Talk from the Yorkshire Post, where we will be discussing some of the latest talking points from the world of football with members of our football writing team. On this week's episode, we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wobshall, to discuss all of the latest developments affecting our local clubs. Don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging onto our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport, as well as checking out our various Twitter feeds, the main one being at YPSport. If you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. Yorkshirepost.co.uk As mentioned earlier on in the intro, this week we're joined by Chief Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Stuart Rayner, and Football Writer for the Yorkshire Post, Leon Wobshall. Good morning, guys. Morning. Morning. Uh, okay, so let's jump straight straight into uh, this week's uh, podcast. Uh, firstly, um, COVID has continued to cause problems for for our clubs, with some playing uh, without fully fit squads, and others building up a considerable fixture backlog. Um, this week, we'll review recent performances, look at potential transfer activity now that the window is open, and look forward to the FA Cup third round. Um, and starting with uh, the Premier League and Leeds United, um, after a couple of postponements, uh, the Whites got a very valuable win at home to Burnley that put them eight points clear of the bottom three. And although Liam Cooper and Calvin Phillips look to be out until March, uh, the return of others is really uh, is a really positive sign. Um, now a, tr- a tough trip to West Ham in the Cup is next on the schedule. Um, Stuart, might Leeds have turned a corner and how do you see the forthcoming fixtures and the opportunities in the transfer window? Um, well, cer- certainly hope they've turned a corner. It was it was a very encouraging performance um, in terms of, you know, there were, there were a few players who've had a, a, a difficult time of it, you know, all got really positive uh, Positive things out of it, you know. Jack Harrison and Stuart Dallas both got the first goals of the season. Dan James got the second and, and made a real impact off the bench. I thought Junior Furpo was was really good at, at left wing back, probably his best best performance for Leeds. Um, so that so there were definitely lots of positives, and to see that eight point gap, you know, was was quite reassuring as well. But you know. Um, it's one game. They've, they've they've got to follow it up now. There's there's no reason to believe that they can't. Mm-hmm. But um, but but you know they, they they do have to have to follow it up. They've got a, got a couple of games coming against West Ham, one in the cup, one in the league, and then they've got a huge game against um, against Newcastle United. And I think the thing is, you know, eight points, great. You know, really really reassuring. But you know, you look at you look at the teams below, Newcastle. You know, have already. Made a sign of intent with signing uh, Kieran Trippier in this window, or I think it's close close to being signed anyway. Um, Watford, there's rumblings about them changing the manager again, as they always do. Um, you know, Burnley have got real experience at this level, so that Leeds have got to work on the basis that that the teams below them are going to get better. Therefore, they've got to, you know, keep up this pace and and, and stay ahead of them. I, I think they can. I say, and, and, and I say it was a really, it was really pleasing to to see how they how they played on uh, on the on the Sunday against Burnley. It, it, you know, it's, it's one game. Um, that they've 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 got to uh, they've got to reproduce that now. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I mean, it was a huge game in in isolation, Stuart. I mean, I suppose one thing you can say about Leeds this season, they have sort of. They've won some big games, haven't they? I'm thinking off the top of my head. They won at Norwich, didn't they? They, they beat um, Watford, and obviously the the uh, Crystal Palace game as well. So I mean, yeah, I mean, done another another huge one against Burnley, and it, it just felt felt significant, didn't it? At the end, obviously the um, wonderful scenes with Bielsa and um, and uh, one of his assistants. There it was, uh, you know wonderful to, to see wasn't it and it was just you could sense the relief was palpable but um yeah i agree what you're saying there's there's obviously newcastle are gonna they're gonna bring um players in this month and you you just like to see leeds just cover the bases a little bit and 
bringing them just just you know maybe just a couple more sort of Premiership ready players just to to cover themselves in the, you know in the event of you know injuries and possibly COVID biting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I think Leeds have got such a such a versatile squad. It, it's all it's almost less important what positions they bring in. Just about having a, another couple of numbers, you know. I think if they, yeah, I think absolutely. I think if they brought in a, another left back, that would help. But if not, yeah. they've got Stuart Dallas. You know, if they brought in another midfielder, I think that would help. Another another centre yeah. forward. Just just a, just a couple more senior bodies in that squad, I, I think, would help. And that was another encouraging thing about uh, about Sunday was Joe Gellhart's performance again from the bench. Yeah, you know, setting up a goal. A that, that's an, yeah. exactly he's a talent. So that that's another player who who just adds to the squad once he once he wins Marcelo Bielsa's trust, which, as we all know, is you know can be can be quite a slow process. But yeah, I, I think it, I think it was a. You know they, they they reset last season after Christmas in terms of the sort of striking the balance between defence and attack. And ironically, the first game after Christmas last season was Burnley, and and it felt you know having had effectively a two week winter break, albeit a lot of players were ill in that time or some of them anyway. Um, it felt like a bit of a reset again, um, but you know as I keep stressing it, it, it it's one game. It's you know, we we you get lured in sometimes into thinking yeah. one game has changed everything. We'll, we'll only know that down the line, mm. um, but it was very encouraging. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at the game they've got the Newcastle one. I think they've got they've got Norwich to play at home, haven't they? As well later on in this season, and, and Southampton, and you know, they've, they've got some decent games in in February against some of the big hitters. It's just just getting that couple of wins, isn't it? And just having more than con- one. Decent result, turning it into into two or three, and then then hopefully it can it can all settle down, and um, you know hopefully the likes of Bamford Bamford coming back, and maybe you know further down the line you've got the likes of the likes of Phillips. But um, yeah, I mean it was it was just pleasing to see, wasn't it? As, as Stuart said, you know some of the individuals who've haven't had the best of times in the first half of the season, who you know previously been you know big players like Sir Harrison and Dallas come into the party again that was uh, that was a reassuring sign yeah I, I just think it's about get, getting a bit more confidence in themselves um, because you know if, if Leeds play as well as Leeds can play even even without you know um, yeah. Phillips and, and Cooper to, until March they'll be fine the issue has been and it's been understandable that Harrison has dropped a bit having basically played constantly for a couple of seasons uh, and and uh, Dallas too, having been in the same situation and and had a bereavement to deal with, should say that um, Harrison had COVID as well. So you know, there's there's been there's been legitimate reasons for it. But, you know, whatever they were, they still have to just get back to performing as they can. And if they do that, I think they'll be fine. And and it might be the case that, that actually this might be an unusual year in terms of the number of teams above Leeds at, mo- at the moment who get dragged into the relegation battle by this improvement we're expecting from mm-hmm. below. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the way they should be get confidence from that crowd as well, Stuart, obviously. Yes. We've both done plenty of, plenty of games um, there in our, in our time and, um, you know, there is a, a wonderful spirit, defiance and, and togetherness and I know it's not really, a, <laughs> I suppose, a quantifiable thing in a relegation fight. It's got to matter, hasn't it? And, um, you know, everybody, not even non-Leeds people have spoken about that the crowd there, you know, being unique in many respects and adding to the Premiership on the return. And uh, I personally think that that'll be a positive factor for Leeds in in the final analysis at the end of the season as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they were really good, you know, throughout December. Really, when when the team was struggling, you know, and and that's that's really the mark, isn't it, of a of a a, a group of fans who believe in what the manager is doing and supports the team through thick and thin. That yeah. makes such a difference when you see you see the grumblings at some clubs where they've, they've yeah, lost faith absolutely. in the manager or the ownership. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, now turning to the Championship, uh, and after falling to defeat at Blackburn and having the game at Notts Forest postponed, Barnsley um, travelled to Barrow in the FA Cup. Um, eight points uh, from safety with only Derby County below them. Things do look pretty bleak at the moment, uh, and with increasing frustration from the Oakwell faithful and transfers out being more likely than transfers in, um, 
is it fair to say that the club is just preparing itself for a return to League One, Leon? Uh, they're actually at, at home, home to Barrow Mar, but I think they'd oh. probably prefer to, prefer travelling there. To be quite honest, because I don't know if there'll be much of a of an atmosphere at, um, at Oakwell on Saturday. I think there's only one one side open as as well. The, the, the Pontefract Road and um, won't be open. It. I mean, it's, I mean, what do you say? I mean, they won't. I mean, the powers that be wouldn't wouldn't say that publicly that they're, they're planning for League One, but uh, I, I think. Um, Deep down, um, and I, I suspect that, that they are. I mean, they've—it's just been a not just been a perfect storm this season. It's it's been a long sort of long storm, hasn't mm. it? I mean, just awful. You know, two two wins in in twenty four, and you know the legacy of last season's gone. And um, I think it's one of those, isn't it? That they're, they're um, obviously they'll you'll lose money by going down in into League One, and there's probably. The thing in the owners owners' heads that if they can get decent offers for um, some of the leading players, it's probably going to be likely to be more money than it would be um, when a club's um, you know rele- relegated and they can't really call the shots. And they have got, even though it's been a it's been a, a hellish season so far, they, they have got players that other clubs will be will be interested. In. I think Carly Woodrow's only got. Um, 18 months left and he's, he's one of the, the higher earners there he scored goals at championship level they'll be interested in him at um, uh, at the right uh, at the right price Mikkel Helic as well is a Polish international he won't be uh, wanting to to play in uh, League One that's that's for sure Mads Anderson as well he's um, you know he's uh, developed a name for himself over the last year and a half Callum Styles, Callum Britton. So, I, I suspect that um, a few of those players will go if they get decent um, size-sized offers. There's obviously there's some rumblings in the background about potential um, financial issues there. Um, if they get to maybe get to the, the the bottom of that in in the weeks ahead, and it's just a just a desperate time, isn't it? And I think the worry for me is that I mean it is about obviously you, you don't want to go down in an ideal world, but I actually don't see if you take away some of the you know the leading players there. I don't think there's much behind it. And you know, the previous time that Barnsley did get relegated, quite a few players have been blooded at Championship level and went again in League One. You know the likes of uh, of Kiefer Moore, Liam Lindsay. They had Adam, Adam Davis there, and they they had enough about them to uh, get their act together in the in the season after and get promoted straight away. So that would be my uh, fear if Barnsley um, do, do go down, which you know looks looks likely at the minute. And the fans are just desperate for for hope. It's been you know on and off the off the field. It's been a been a rough season, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah. I, I think they just need one way or another. They just need a January to make them believe. You know, you mm-hmm. you ask the question. You know, are they preparing to go down? If they get a transfer window. That's, it says that to the fans. We are just preparing to go down. Well, that's that's you know obviously going to just destroy morale. And and likewise, you know if they if they don't get any results in January, um, because we've seen them do remarkable things in the past. But it, it, it's really difficult if the if no one in the stadium really believes exactly. A this would top that, and it's really difficult if if no one in the stadium either either side of the sideline believes it's going to happen. Yeah. And I think it will send out a message. To be honest, it's it's a depressing thing to even say, but I think I think come February, the biggest thing for Barnsley might might be less can they stay up. It might be can they finish above Derby County? Yep. Because no yep. disrespect, yep. with Derby County deducted twenty one points and but showing a really good fight. You know, yeah. if, if Barnsley end up finishing below them, mm-hmm. I think that that really damages your morale going into next season, mm-hmm. and then you're in danger of the sort of hangover that we've seen, for example, this season at Doncaster from the from the way they finished last season. So um, it's a bit of a negative thing to say, but I think we're already getting into the territory of what sort of mood do they go into next season, and if they're not careful. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's I suppose it's a bit of a conundrum, isn't it? Really, you can try and throw a lot at it to try and st- stay up but the likelihood is that unless something 
you know, miraculous can happen. And don't get me wrong, sometimes things do happen, don't they? Obviously, we remember what happened at Barnsley a couple of years ago. But I think the pragmatists would say that it's looking pretty unlikely. And, you know, or do you go down the other route of bringing in players, you know, bringing, say, two or three, three players, promising players, who can get blooded at least a, a bit at this level for the second half of the season, get some wool on the back and, and hopefully be strong players next season. But it's, yeah, it's, it's a conundrum and it's, uh, it's just been, frankly, a real, uh, a real unsatisfactory mess this season, hasn't it? And it's, you know, so deflating after what happened um, last season. It was one of the stories of football, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and and I think as well I mentioned this at times last season, but they they were really held up last season for for a while as the model for how other clubs should operate, and I think that was slightly overplayed last season. Uh, I think there was an element of the, the model, you know, elements of the model were good, and there was elements of luck on top of it. And now that the model is as much to blame really for the for the problems they're in. So I, I think I think as ever. You know, it, it's somewhere in the middle rather than the extremes of, oh, this is exactly how you should run a club. So this is, this yeah. is the worst way ever sort of thing. It's somewhere in the middle, really. I think it's just, it's a it's, um, knock-on effect of a bad summer, Stuart, isn't it? They, they obviously lost um, Day Murphy and um, some of the people in the corridors of power left it left as well. And it was it was a bit of a, you know, a vacuum, if you like, for, for some parts of the, of the close season. And I think there was an element of panic in terms of the recruitment and, you know, so you had all the, you know, the bit of the uncertainty behind the scenes, and they had a, they had a bad window, didn't they? I mean, Alari, yes. Alari, um, and and the Seca, who, who've come in at a decent financial package by all accounts, just haven't, um, especially Alari, haven't haven't uh, done anything, anything at all. And I think I think the signing of Alari will be notorious for reason you don't want to particularly remember. And you know, Josh Benson hasn't really pulled up any, any trees and they're trying to make an impact and they've obviously changed the style as well, a style that had been getting results, but the board wanted to change that style because they'd not had any, any bids for any of the of the leading players in the summer. So it's, as I've said earlier, it's, it's a perfect storm and, and uh, difficult to get out of at the minute. Yeah, it, it, it's hard to make big changes on a regular basis without that sort of, you know... Uh, spine of of stability really you know which you, you know obviously last season they had they have with with you know players like Moet they've, they've obviously got got some some players you know Woodrow Styles Britain who were, who were key members of the, of the past team but I think that's been that's been Barnsley's undoing at times when they've they, they've they've broken too much of the team up too quickly you know Leon mentioned the likes of uh, of, of Davis and Co who, who were sold when they came up from League One last time and that, that sort of thing. It's just striking a balance between that, that turnover of players, which they look to do for their financial reasons, but keeping a level of stability as well. And, and I just don't think they've got the balance right this season mm. and they're going to pay the price for it, it seems. Mm. Yeah. And uh, now to Hull City, who, after two draws and two defeats in the last four games, uh, they've slipped back to 19th in the league. Uh, four points off the bottom three. Uh, an attractive home tie against Everton this weekend awaits and might provide a welcome break from the league. Uh, the takeover by a Turkish broadcaster looks likely to be approved this week as well. And there's a hope that this will also result in some activity in the transfer market. Um, Stuart, how do you see things going? I think it's really difficult to predict, actually, in terms of the sort of longer-term future of Hull. Mm. I mean, in terms, in terms of the immediate and the weekend, I think it's a, I think it's a very good opportunity for them. You know, we know, we know the pressure Rafael Benitez is under at Everton. You know, we know morale's not great there, so there's there's definitely an opportunity there. Mm -hmm. But I, I think in terms of in terms of the takeover, I mean, a, you know, these things take a long time. This is already taking a long time. Mm. I, I think I think when it happens, I think we'll see a big jump in morale you know i think we'll see a big jump in attendances sort of thing so we're all just waiting for it to happen but when it does i mean just referring back to what i was saying about barnsley i think it's going to be an, in, an interesting and difficult balancing act actually between changing things too much and keeping a bit of stability because clearly the new man's going to come in he's already he's already got his direct for football 
ready and waiting. There's already been talk about uh, about one of the Turkish players they will sign. But they need to be careful not to do too much because although they have lost those last two games, generally their form has, has really picked up recently. Um, and I think they could they can definitely improve that team. I'm not saying they shouldn't sign anyone by any means. You know, I think uh, I think a, a decent addition at centre back um, could certainly help. Um, maybe a more proven goal scorer at centre forward that would help. You know, they're already being linked with linked with midfield players. But but I think I think to overdo it would be a mistake. Leon and I have talked before about how we think moving uh, Grant McCann out at this stage would be a mistake. I think they've just got to be careful not to get overexcited and try and do too much too quickly because I think I think there is a foundation there that they can build on rather than rather than just trying to start again. Yeah, I'd, I'd absolutely you know agree with that, Stuart. They've got to... Yeah, it's a cliche when they talk about football and good, strong, tight dressing rooms, but Hull have definitely got one of those and they've been through a bit of adversity. I mean, some of them were there, obviously, a couple of years ago in the second half of the season. And uh, difficult though it was, it will have uh, um, forged a few characters. And, you know, it was a real good good news story at Hull last season, wasn't it? Just a shame that no no fans were there to see it. Was it wasn't it the first title in about, since about the mid-60s, wasn't it? And, since 55, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they had the bumps in the road earlier this season. Questions were asked and... You know, to be fair to Grant McCann, he, he, he stayed calm. He said, look, this, this group is an, an honest, good group of players. They just need some, you know, to acclimatise at this level and um, and they'll be fine and uh, or they'll, or they'll certainly improve it. And, and they've done that. They're, 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 a, they're, a good, they're a good group. It's a strong dressing room. Why? You don't, it doesn't need massive changes at this stage, stage of the season and um, even though all have had an upturn it's still you know it's still relatively delicately poised isn't it you know to have a as, as they the, the had a six or seven match you know a, a good strong run you know there's still potential they could have four or five games without a league win and then and then you're banging in, in uh, trouble again so I just hope that you know the takeover does get over the line that there is, is some good sense there. doesn't need too much to happen at the minute and let's hope that, that the, the main players stay as well. And, you know, and just going on at this game, it's one to embrace, isn't it? There's not been too many, you know, big occasions in front of the, in front of the spectators um, at Hull in the last few years. They obviously missed out on, on seeing them in the, in the promotion season. And it's, it's a, it's a great cup tie, isn't it? It's one that Everton, They've, um, Rafa Benitez is under pressure there, and uh, it, it's one he will, he will have to to treat um, seriously. Even though the league's the the big priority for them, you know the Evertonians, you know they'll travel in numbers as they always do. They won't take kindly to to a cup uh, defeat at Hull on on Saturday, and it should be it should be a good spectacle that one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, talking as we are on on Thursday morning. I, I suppose my biggest hope is just that the takeover is rubber stamped by them because you, you feel like there's a lot of Hull fans, you know, staying off returning to that ground until the Allen family has gone. Mm-hmm. And it a it would massively help their chances of, of pulling off that win if there was a big crowd there. And b you know you you just like to like those fans to have the opportunity, as Leon said, after missing out on the on the title win of, of seeing you know a really good cup night at um, at Hull. So. I say, hopefully, the sort of conditions are in place that they that they feel able to 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 come back and support the team because it could be a really a really big um, occasion for the club. It could be a little bit of a damp squib if we're still just waiting for the puff of white smoke to say that this takeover is completed. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, now we turn our attention to Huddersfield Town. Uh, the Terriers weren't able to continue their winning run, uh, although a, ru- a, a draw at Blackburn Rovers leaves them in sixth place before the upcoming game away at Burnley. Um, they are strongly placed for the second half of the season, provided they can maintain consistency. Um, Leon, do you think that Carlos Corbran will be looking to strengthen his squad at all? I think if the the opportunity came along with the the, uh, the right option and right player, you know, like any any manager, he, he would do. But he, he, looking at Huddersfield, you, they seem to have got majority of the of the bases covered, covered, and they don't look like they need to have to do you know too much. Maybe 
possibly another creative option in the you know in the middle of the park someone who can get a goal or two I mean they've obviously had one or two injuries there with um, uh, Jonathan Hogg and Alex Vileo and there's not too much um, certainly seniority um, you know behind that if they get one or two injuries obviously there's a Lewis O'Brien situation he's he, he you know he will be linked with with clubs this month there's no doubt about that but it's uh, you know whether that he can remain a Huddersfield player by the end of it. Let's let's hope for Huddersfield's sake he does, because he's a he's a big big player for them. Mm. But yeah, they look they look pretty covered. You look at the you know the the central de- defensive options and out on the the right flank and, and the left, and obviously Jordan Jordan Rhodes has has come come back in now. He's recovered from injury, so at the minute it, it doesn't look like they have to do too much and. They're in a good good position results wise, so they don't need to to panic and, and do anything in, in that regard. It's it's been one of the I don't know what Stuart thinks, but I think it's been one of the, the sort of quiet stories of the of the season at Huddersfield. I mean, the last couple of years have been scrambling around for for fifty points, and and the second half of last last season was um, was really tough, wasn't it? But they can, um, you know, they're in a in a good place. Six unbeaten, excellent points at uh, Blackburn to follow on from the from the the win at Forest. They've one of there was one or two issues a few weeks ago about their away form, but they've you know they've, they've shown good resolve and character to get a few results on the road. And you know they've got points in the bank as well over Christmas, whereas a lot of teams have been inactive due to to COVID. So, um, was it ten points from twelve? So yeah, they're in a. They're in a good place, and the, the, for me, they don't really have to do too much in January. I think, the, I suppose, the main thing would, if you ask the Huddersfield supporter, would be keeping hold of Lewis O'Brien. Mm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, and I'd, I'd throw you know Sober Thomas into the yeah. into the mix as well. You know, I, I don't think there's so much danger, but they'll be um, they'll be hoping there's nothing uh, nothing drastic happens at Chelsea where they need to recall Levi Colwell as well because he's been outstanding for them. But yeah, I, I agree with Leon. It's been a it's been a quiet, understated success story, really. You know, I think I think let's be honest. Certainly from my perspective, at the start of the season, I was expecting them to be fighting relegation. They're not doing that, so that's that's immediately no, a success. Absolutely. And I think I think a lot of Huddersfield fans are probably a bit frustrated at how frugal the clubs, frugally the the clubs being run at the moment, but. It is the reality of where they are, you know, and where Phil Hodgkinson is. They they can't afford to be throwing daft money at, at, at problems that don't really exist. As Leon said, there's not really any areas of the squad where you'd say there's an urgent need there. You know, as as fans, you you always like to to your club to be showing ambition, which is is normally fans speak for throwing money at it. Um, but sometimes you just have to accept that. For now, we're just going to have to tick along a bit and and, and be sensible and and you know I think that's I think that's what they're doing. I think they're I think they're performing very well. I think if they, as I said last week, I think if they finish in the top half of the the table, I think that's been a really good season by them. Um, and you know other clubs will be doing flashier things, but you know some of those clubs will pay for that with relegations in the longer term. Um, I think Huddersfield just just keep their head down and keep doing what they're doing. And uh, and they'll be doing very well. Yeah, it's just those built building blocks, Stuart, isn't it? They've had a few yes. tough seasons, and um, obviously the the issues with Villa Hodgkinson's other companies um, as well. And D- Dean Hoyle's come back as, as the interim uh, chief exec, and you know he will he will look after Huddersfield Town. You know he's a Huddersfield Town fan. He's a, he's a successful. Very successful businessman, and he's a football man as well. So they're in good hands in that regard. Hmm. And uh, Sheffield United now um, they have gained. F- uh, they they have only played once since the fourth of December, and in spite of winning their last four games, have slipped down the table, having played four games less than some of those around them. Uh, a tough away cup tie at Wolves awaits this weekend. Um, Stuart, will the Blades see the game? At Wolves as a free hit or a potential problem, and will they be looking to add to their squad this month? Well, I think in terms of the Wolves game, I think they should just be seeing it as a, they should be playing 
as many of their leading players as possible and seeing it as an opportunity to scrape off some rust. Mm-hmm. You know, because we, we've seen with teams when they've come back after reasonable layoffs, you know, these are all highly, highly, uh, you know, uh, trained, highly honed athletes. You know, even even a couple of weeks off can really affect them. So, you know, to play to play so little football, I think they just need to get back into into the swing of things as much as anything else. Um, in ter- in terms of the transfer window, again, they're, they're a club that are really um, operating quite tightly at the moment, and and that will be frustrating their supporters. But again, it, it's probably kind of the reality of where they are, and I think the the fact that they have played so so well. In the in the three games that Paul Heckingbottom has, has has had, will probably only encourage the board to say, "Well, actually, you've got a good enough squad as it is." Um, you know, I, th- I think certainly, I think if there's a if there's a decent offer for Sanderberg, I imagine they'll be snapping someone's hand off just because of how little football he's had um, he's had for them this season, and say the the, the situation they're in. Um, whether there will be is another question. Um, I think they could probably move on a couple of strikers um, because they are overloaded in that department. And I, I think there's something to be said for bringing back Daniel Jebison if they were able to move, say, Ollie Burke, maybe another one as well on. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a it's a difficult one to judge, really. You know, when you when you bring in, in a manager at the time you bring Paul Heckingbottom in, it's to give him enough games. To have a proper assessment before the January transfer window, you know, same as same as Middlesbrough did, uh, same as other clubs did, so that you know exactly what you need. And he hasn't had that opportunity because of COVID, um, so it, it does make things a bit more complicated. But I'm I'm not expecting um, there to be there to be that active in the transfer market, and it and it might frustrate some of the supporters. But I think the flip side, as I said, is they they did show, you know, if they can show that early hecking bottom form and you would fancy them to give them give it a good go for the uh, for the playoffs with the squad they've got mm. yeah I think it's just a, I think yeah, I think you put it in a in a piece the other day Stuart it's just trimming off a bit of the bit of the fat isn't it they look a little bit um, a top heavy um, in, obviously in terms of in terms of um, you know wages but it seems like that up, up front and you know to get some a bit, bit of money into to balance balance the uh, the books in in that regard, it, it would be nice for Hegging Bottom's sake if he could you know get a couple of um, get a, a couple of players in his own targets him, himself. You know, players that can you know it's work to his his way of playing. But I, I, yeah, it doesn't. You don't suspect it's going to be an, uh, a very uh, a busy window there. Uh, you know, it'll be more if they can get some of the. One or two of the the high earners um, away, and you, you've got to feel for them with a the COVID situation as well going away from transfers. What is it? I think it's three games that have been called off because is it visiting sides, isn't it? I think. Um, I think now it's is it Preston, Hull, and, uh, and Middlesbrough as well. So I don't think any side have have suffered and had. Um, as much of a lack of luck as as Sheffield United, and you really do, you know, feel for them in in that regard. Through you know, no fault of of their own, they've been you know kicking the heels for for you know over over a fortnight. So let's hope they can certainly, as you say, get a bit of the rust off against Wolves and just getting some miles back in the tank. I mean, hopefully they can spring a surprise, but getting some, you know, getting the legs going again mm. and uh, some game time will be uh, will be important. And, and you know, and let's hope. Speaking about Wolves, obviously the, the Morgan Gibbs White situation is back there, isn't it? At the minute, having a bit of treatment. Let's hope all is well and that and that he can come back to to uh, Sheffield later in the month. Mm. Yeah, and and there was there was Queens Park Rangers as well called off a game, you know, before this thing really got ahead of steam. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I think if they're able to move on, to, you know, say two or three of the big earners, yeah, I think that will allow them to allow Heckingbottom to get in, you know, one maybe two realistic signings late in the window. The the difficulty will be, it's not the greatest market to, to be trying to sell players in. So as I said with Sander Berg, you know, you you felt in the summer. As though they could they could sell Sanderberg, they weren't able to. Are, are they more likely to now after he's had five championship starts in the first half of the season? Perhaps not. But but if they can, 
you know, could be alone with a view, couldn't it? One of those, you know, potentially. Exactly. About um, I say, if they are able to do something like that, then they may be late on that they, they can sign a, sign a couple. But I don't think we'll be seeing any signings. I would be surprised anyway if we see any signings in the first couple of weeks in the window. I think it'll I think it'll be late business once books yeah. have been balanced a bit, if any. And uh, turning to Middlesbrough now, um, after th- three convincing wins, Borough's game at Sheffield United was postponed due to COVID, and they currently sit just outside the playoffs with a cup tie away at Mansfield next on the schedule. Um, Chris Wilder's team haven't wasted time since the transfer window opened and have signed uh, Aaron Connolly on loan from Brighton for the rest of the season. Uh, Leon, are, are Borough good enough to um, to make a challenge for automatic promotion this season, do you think? I don't think they'll be shouting things from the rooftops necessarily, but I think they'll be, you know, in the corridors of power there. We've obviously spoken about Dean Hoyle being a, a football man and, and and Steve Gibson most definitely is, isn't he? And, and Chris Chris Wilder as well. Um, I think there'll they'll be a quiet sort of um, realization that they've they've got they might have a little bit of a of an outside chance. They brought and they brought in Aaron Connolly. Striker with a good reputation at uh, at a Brighton. It it looks like they're going to bring um, Balogun in from from Arsenal. By the sounds of it, that might be um, early early next week as a, as opposed to to this week. But he's highly rated lad, um, quick and pacey. So him and uh, and Conley would would add a an energy up front and, and hopefully goals and by all accounts he's on a big wage packet from from what I've read in reports in London he's on 40,000 plus you'd, you'd be surprised if you were if Middlesbrough would be would be paying paying all that but it's you know he's a sort of target to and, and you know, Conley as well to, to to sort of suggest the the the, the fancy and the chances uh, quietly they've got Andrew Sporer as well who's Who's done pretty well since since he's come into the uh, into the building, and so I suppose they're one of quite a few t- a few sides um, in with it in with a chance more realistically playoffs. But you uh, you never know, as as they say, they've got looking at the, the games. They've got a, a big game at Blackburn in a few weeks' time. I think they've got they've got Fulham as well at home early next month. So they'll be. Potentially bellwether games, um, yeah, on a great run of form, aren't they? Won, won five out of six. Um, I think going back to transfers as well. Obviously, Wilder has made no bones about the fact that he'd been wanting January to come. He's got targets. They need to keep players as well. I mean, you know, you look at people like Paddy McNair. You know, he's uh, excellent at the back, can play in midfield. He's versatile. <laughs> I think we've mentioned before he would be the sort of player that if you're at a sort of lower mid-table Premier League club, you might just have your have your eye on. There's you know there's others as well. Speculation, you know, the likes of um, Tavernier, Dale Fry's been been linked consistently with with top flight clubs for the last last few years. So as much as Butter will be wanting to bring a few in, they'll be wanting to keep players as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main players, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, if there are any lower middle table Premier League clubs listening, I mean, Paddy McNair and Dale Frey are both absolutely no. rubbish. Don't bother, you know, stay well clear of them. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it, it's you can you can tell when it doesn't always work out, but you can tell when Steve Gibson sort of senses an opportunity and and sort of yeah. you know really engages in, in in the transfer market. Chris Wilder really really senses an opportunity here. So I think it, I think unlike. Huddersfield and Sheffield United. This is a real statement of intent transfer window from from Middlesbrough this month, and, and we 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 just have to assess it at the end of it because the squad could look very different, you know, a, a few weeks in a few weeks' time. See what they've got in, see what they've kept hold of, and then we'll have a much clearer idea. And you'll either see clubs getting very nervous or yeah. breathing a bit of sigh of relief if if things come off. But at the moment, we, we're just kind of waiting waiting and seeing. But I think if you were a Middlesbrough fan, fan I think you'd be optimistic about what, what might be about to happen. Uh, now we turn to League One, uh, starting with Doncaster, who at half-time away at Morecambe, uh, Donny fans must have been thinking that Gary McSheffrey's appointment was at, at last the turning point in the season. Um, after it all went horribly wrong in the second half and Rovers lost 4-3, uh, 
The story looked very familiar, unfortunately. Um, they now sit at the foot of the table, six points from safety, and after having already been knocked out of the cup, uh, face Fleetwood Town, who also are currently in trouble um, this weekend. Uh, Stuart, although it's pretty tight at the foot of the table, have Donny got any realistic chance of turning things around now? I don't think so, honestly. Um, if if they have a if they really surprise us in January, then yes. But but this squad, no. I mean, I think I think there's just so many signposts that this squad really lacks the experience and the leadership in tough moments. I've you know I've talked about this before. Obviously, three 0 up to lose four three. A definite case in point. I think Leon saw them lose six 0 earlier in the season against Rotherham. They lost six 0 as well to Ipswich. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at their away record of what one point away from home all season. This just points to a bit of a weakness. I mean, I saw them at, at Bolton, which wasn't one of the biggest defeats, and you know, Bolton were in good form at the time. But the the thing fell apart within the space of about five minutes, where they conceded two goals and and had a man sent off. And it's just these collapses. You know that are really, really undermining them. It looks like Tom Anderson's not going to play again this month. Um, he's got an inflammation of the foot, so that further undermines, you know, that that experience, that leadership. They they need really almost a whole spine of the team, yeah. players who are who are real, real experienced leaders to stand up to this situation. But who are they? Who are they realistically going to get? Who is going to sign up for a League One relegation battle yeah. and? Who's going to be able to come in match fit enough? Because you know we saw the situation with John Bostock last January, where they signed an experienced player, but because he hadn't played much football in the first half of the season, it's been very difficult for him to get up to speed to be playing every week. And and you know obviously those free agents they are available at the moment, but they they all fall into that category. You know we've seen the difficulties Tom Huddleston's had at, had at Hull, for example. You know, understandable when you've when you've been training on your own for a long a long period of time, and th- that that makes me pessimistic. Plus, you know, plus the financial realities of life at, at Doncaster, they don't have a huge amount of money to to throw at it. That makes me pessimistic that they they can get what they need, and I think it's I think it's exacerbated um, when you have an inexperienced manager with an inexperienced assistant and an inexperienced goalkeeper coach. And even, even Gary McSheffrey's mentor, he's, 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 uh, yeah, he's got, he's got Lee Carsley as a, as a mentor. His part-time as Leon said, I'm not so much worried about that. I'm more worried about the fact that Lee Carsley, highly rated coach though he is, has only managed 17 league games. Um, he doesn't really have this. He he has some experience, but I'm not sure if he has the source of experience that McSheffrey needs to be leaning on. So, just as a as a group, they feel to me too too green to to pull themselves out of this situation. And, and the Doncaster situation looks to me as desperate, if not more so, than the Barnsley one. Yeah, I, I, I totally echo all that, Stuart. They're just they're taking too much punishment, haven't they? Really, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily just this season as well. I mean, you go back, well, it's almost almost a year, isn't it? I mean, it's it's incredible to think that. I think at the start of last February they were they were in, in with a chance of automatic promotion, you know, to, to the uh, the championship if you looked at the the league table. But you know, we talk about a perfect storm; it's happened there. Bad January in terms of recruitment, um, budgets cut in 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 uh, in, in the summer, um, injuries, COVID, and uh, I think it was always going to be. Uh, you know, a transitional year at uh, Doncaster, but I think the I think the powers that be probably under, underestimated um, the prospect of them. You know, really being in a in a relegation fight, and that this you know people talk about mentality, and it just simply hasn't um, it hasn't been strong enough. That you know the players haven't been able to to handle adversity, and, the, and they've had a a hell of a lot to be fair we you know we talked about injuries and, and covid they've, they've impacted there but they just looked um i don't really like to use the word but they just they look a they look a soft side a soft beatable side and mm. you know you think the opposition managers when they'll have the team talks they'll you know it'll be relatively easy against you know doncaster the side who they um they have problems in in both boxes i've seen them once or twice this season they can be a little bit tippy t- um, tippy tappy and look and they can look sometimes okay through the thirds but th- there's not 
it, it, there's not a lot of a lot of substance there and yeah it's 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 looking like you know having to having to plan for next season the worry is mm-hmm. if have they actually bottomed out yet that's the that that's the fear i mean from you know i look at i look at that side as it stands and i don't think it particularly do do too well in in league league 2 let alone yeah, league 1 so yeah it's it, you can't see anything but um you know unless something absolutely staggering happens uh, Rovers staying up, and you just hope they can sort it out in, in the summer somehow, and 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 steady the ship. Because as it stands, you wouldn't put your mortgage on them coming straight back up, would you? No. no. no I, I, I think they have they have talented players there, but they don't have a good team because it's it's about more than talent. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of of Tom Anderson. I think he's an excellent League One defender, but you wouldn't you wouldn't say he's one of Doncaster Rovers' most talented players. With him it's about it's about the spirit, it's about the character, it's about the fearlessness, it's about yeah. all those other qualities that you need. And Doncaster have as you as you say a few nice tippy tappy players. They don't have enough yeah. people like Anderson who you want with you in the trenches. Um yeah. and yeah they, they they really need to put that right in January. Whether they whether they've even got the the, the desire to do it, you know, in the yeah. same ways that we talk about Barnsley, and whether they've got the finances and whether they've got the pulling power. I think for all the answer to all three of those to be yes, just seems unlikely to me. Yeah, yeah you just you just sort of quickly on that. Yeah, I mean Anderson, a good a good you know leader. You'd imagine he's a he's a strong figure in the dressing room. Tommy well, Tommy Rowe as well. I think we've got to mention him. He's he ticks all the, all those sort sort of boxes. You'd sort of suggest in recruitment whether it's you know necessarily whether they do it in January or well certainly need to do it in the summer. They need a few more of those just to sort of keep keep that have a having more of a stronger experienced spine and a few more voices in the dressing room maybe um, moving forward. I think I think that'll be a big thing for them, and particularly in the yeah. summer. Yeah, I particularly feel for, for Tommy Rowe because he's yeah, so versatile. Absolutely. He's been moved from game to game and, and within matches just to fight fires, basically. Oh, we need you at centre-back yeah. today because yeah. we've got a problem. We need you in central midfield next game. We need you, you know, they, they, they could do with just being able to clone Tommy Rowe and, and having yeah. two or yeah. three of them yeah. in the team. But, um, yeah, yeah, the players like that are going to be are going to be hard to attract. To yeah, and in, and in that bottom division, you know, you'll know, you'll get, you get walked all, all over if you're if you if you're soft and brittle, you know a lot of the games there are, um, you know they they are battles. You know, another cliche, but it's true, isn't it? And you know it's true in in League One, but it's and it's certainly true in League Two. Mm. And um, now, following two postponements and two pretty poor defeats against Sunderland and Shrewsbury Town, uh, Sheffield Wednesday are now six points outside the playoffs and don't play again until the middle of the month. Um, with the transfer window now open, does Darren Moore have an opportunity to get things back on track, Leon? Well, yeah. I mean, you just still think he does. He really sort of know his know his sort of best side still. Another club who've been hit by by you know untimely injuries at, at junctures of the of the season, and you know, to me, they certainly they've got issues at the back. They just don't seem to have. Been able to, you know, field a, um, you know, a, a consistent um, backline. He does, he does like three central defenders, doesn't he? I mean, they've been linked with Mark Beavers, who used to obviously used to play for them um, a few moons ago. He was, you know, promising young player when he was coming through at Wednesday. He's at Peterborough. That would be a sensible signing for me. You know, someone who's got a. A good, a good record in terms of you know league appearances. Knows the club, knows the pressure. A leader at the back. I could, I could sort of see the sense in that. And you think up front as well. I mean, Lee Gregory has been, you know, the, the most consistent of the bunch. But they haven't got much bang for the buck from from Berahino, Um so far. And one or two of the others haven't haven't sort of pulled up any trees. So. Yeah, I mean, they would be, if I were Darren Moore, looking at two areas, and, you know, they're, they're the key areas now, aren't they? For Sheffield Wednesday, it's not really second half of the of the season. They're not where they want to be in the in the table. Um, it's about results and not style and, you know, keeping the ball out at one end in simplistic terms and, and scoring enough chances at the other. 
So you know they'll need. I think they'll need experience in in that regard. And yeah, it, it's funny with them, isn't it? The, what the twelve, the twelve unbeaten in, in the league. It, it pointed at consistency, but then you have a couple of bad, bad results. Got hammered at Sunderland, and probably more alarming was the result at um, at Shrewsbury, really. And uh, yeah, now he's now there's one or two questions being asked, and it's a big game, isn't it? Is it the Plymouth game in the middle of middle of the month? Every team are up there. That'll be uh, you know a big game for Wednesday and and more. Mm. Yeah, I think I think there's some of the same problems as at Doncaster, a lot less pronounced. But you know, during that even during that twelve game unbeaten run, they still managed to chuck in two three 0 cup defeats. Yeah. You know, so there yeah. there is that softness about them at times. And then obviously to you know, to, to lose by five at Sunderland when, you know, as we were saying about their neighbours, they were scraping off the rust, but nevertheless it kind of points yeah. to just a bit of fragility. And and I think that's the thing. I think that there just needs to be an acceptance that look we are a League One club. We need League One signings. We we don't need flashy signings like Berahino. Yeah. We need yeah. solid signings Horses like Gregory, as you've just yeah. said. Horses for courses. Don't be don't be don't be lured by glamour and flashiness. Mm-hmm. Just get solid players like Lee Gregory, like Jack Hunt, who know what they're doing, yeah. can come yeah. in and, and perform at the, and this level. And and I think if they do that, they've they've certainly got the resources to have a good chan- January transfer window. And I think if they if they pick sensibly, yes, they can they can you know really give themselves a good chance. But that top nine of that division is so finely poised that they do need to get it right because if you know if they don't, it, it would be so easy for any two of those nine clubs, even Rotherham United, you know, to 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 miss out um, just just by falling slightly short. So they. Uh, I think I think they I think they can set themselves right this month, but I don't think it's a foregone con- conclusion by any stretch of the imagination. No, I, 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 I think looking. I suppose if you look at it positively, Stuart, there is the thing with you know if Wednesday do lose a couple of games, you know it's twenty four seven. The fans really everything's magnified, isn't it? And and the pressure the pressure builds. But if you can somehow manage to, to turn it around, going into you know late February, March, April, the business time, you can really get momentum, can't you, at a club like that? If you manage well, to get a again, few, get three or four wins, it's, but there's a few, isn't there, like you've, like you've said, you know. Yeah, because that, that positivity gets magnified as well. And and the, I yeah. suppose the other thing from a, from a Wednesday point of view is it's going to be a very congested end of the season for everyone. Yeah. We know that. Wednesday are going to have a bigger squad than most. So if they can get to grips with these injuries, that, that should play into their hands. Yeah, they just need. I just think they need. I mean, I remember when I think they went up under. Was it Gary Megson? That that was a side who they had, you know it was a decent side. It's a side who got the job done. You know, they had people like Rob Jones at the back. Um, da, I think Danny Barry. I remember he came in from from Wolves. They managed to get Antonio when he was a young player at Reading, and and the, they just had enough characters and winners there, and and people who you knew you would get a, you know a seven out of um, ten. You know, every sort of you know most most weeks. Um, I think Liero as well. You know, the big defender. He was a good signing at, at, at the time. They just need, like like you said, a couple more horses for courses, proven players who can handle it, and that that could ho- hopefully um, you know really really help them in the you know in the pivotal second half of the season. But I've I've not lost lost hope for them for them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've got a, obviously a few plenty of games. Still to play, but uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a big one for many clubs, isn't it? January, but none more so than than Wednesday. Some some important games and and uh, a couple of key bits of business, hopefully. Yeah, and uh, following a good New Year's Day win at home to Bolton and a fascinating cup tie away at QPR coming up, uh, Rotherham United must be feeling pretty good at the moment, um, and. <laughs> Paul Warren must be really hoping that none of his key players are targeted by other clubs in January. And if they can keep the present squad together, they, they, they must be hopeful of a swift return to the Championship, don't you think, Stuart? Yeah, I, I think that I think that's the thing with Rotherham. Um, it ain't broke, don't try and fix it. You yeah. know, there's, 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 no, there's no great need for, for players in. They need to keep keep hold of the players, you know, that they've got. I think, I think there's... 
could be issues cut, or the potentially there could be issues coming because they've got quite a few players out of contract in the summer. So there'll be some thinking to do then. But for now, just get on with the job of getting getting out of this division, I think. And uh, I, I'm pretty confident that they'll be able to they'll be able to keep hold of the players they want to. I mean, there was a lot of talk in the summer in August about um, you know would would Michael Smith be dragged away. They, they, they saw that off reasonably comfortably, it felt. Um, I would be optimistic that, that they would do so again. And it, it's just a case of just keeping keeping that positivity and keeping that momentum around the place, really. I think I think if they can do that, you know, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident for them. But I, I, as I said earlier, it, it is a is a really tight top nine so you can't take anything for granted certainly but but i don't think there's a need to i don't think there's a need for for much change there at all it's just a case of yeah. keeping their focus keeping doing what they're doing mm. yeah it looks looks happy happy place to be Stuart, doesn't it i mean we all yeah. we all love we all love paul warren he's he's a, he's a smashing guy one of the best uh, people in football you could possibly wish to meet and you know, I, I think as well. Just looking at the last few weeks, they they lost at um, Accrington on, on on Boxing Day, disappointing result and performance. But I think reacting straight away um, in the next in the next um, game they played against Bolton was big, and they've they've obviously won in the um, you know they're going quite nicely in the EFL Trophy, winning at um, winning at Crewe, and you know they're running that as well. And there's a cup game this weekend. That's that's keeping the the sort of um, squad players on side and, and engaged, isn't it? They're getting opportunities in that. Um, young Josh Coyote got his first goal, didn't he, for the for the club the other day? So yeah, they're in a they're in a, a, a good place. And you know, why would you why would you want to sort of leave Rotherham United at, at the minute? You know, they've got a great chance of automatic um, promotion, winning mentality. They've got a uh, you know, a great um, backroom team and coaches led by Warren, who, who is a sort of guy, he's a genuine guy who you'd want to want to play for. And you know, they're they're in a, a great position in every way going into January in a nice, nice, steady month with uh, with no departures and keeping you know the league form on a, on an even keel would would consolidate what they've done this season, which has been outstanding. Mm. And uh, finally, we turn to League Two. Uh, firstly, to Harrogate Town, who must be looking forward to getting back into into action this weekend uh, in the Cup at Luton, at Luton Town. Uh, Town have fallen out of uh, playoff contention at the moment, um, and with the return of Mark Beck after his loan spell at York City, and Josh Osterfield and um, Brahima Diara uh, arriving on loan from Huddersfield Town. They, they must be hoping to recover some of their early season form as soon as possible, d- d- wouldn't you say, Leon? Yeah, I think I think they were first of all. I think they've been glad to get back on the pitch. They've you know also suffered with with COVID issues, and I think the game against the beat Carlisle in the EFL uh, trophy that was the first game in a, I think it was a fortnight. <laughs> They're going great guns in that, like Rotherham United. They're only a few games away from. You know another potential Wembley appearance, so that's that's a positive thing. And you know they kept a kept a clean sheet as well in the in the, in the cup win. And I think they struggled in uh, of late in that regard. Rory McArdle coming back as well, a big strong centre half. They've added a couple of young players in in midfield to to add to their options. So it's um, yeah, I, I think Harrogate, um, you know, w- will be fine. And you know Mark Beck as well. I've seen a bit of. I've not seen too much of him. Um, league-wise, for, for Harrogate, but obviously a big player in the in the rise into the football league. By all by all account, he was sent out to, to York to uh, to get some uh, miles miles in the tanks. Got, you know, he didn't play that much last season. I think the manager was wanting him to be more a bit more, you know, durable and consistent game to game to game. And he's you know he's managed to do that, and he and he, you know he's he's come back into the mix, and you know he's a big strong. Targetman centre forward who, who uh, you know, other players can can feed off and he'll he'll give issues, you know, understandably with his size and physicality to to rival defenses. So, I think that's um, that's a timely arrival um, back at Harrogate, and you know, you wish, wish them well to make history on Sunday, the first ever appearance in the third round of the of the FA Cup um, 
at Luton. It might not be a glamorous one, but it's history all the same. Mm. I, I remember a few years ago they nearly got a tie with Middlesbrough, but they. So I think off the top of my head, they they got beat on penalties at, at Hastings, so Hastings got that got that honour. So yeah, we just just wish um, Harrogate uh, well at Luton on Sunday. Mm. Yeah, I, I think um, I think sometimes when a player's been out injured for a while, you can sort of um, build them up to be even better than they are. And perhaps I've perhaps I've been guilty of that when I've been banging away on it on this podcast. But I do think the return of Rory McArdle is is as significant as you know anything they can do signings wise in January. And Will Smith back as well because clearly defending and defensive organisation and things like that have been their Achilles heel while he's been away. So I'm, I'm optimistic that that would, uh, that would make a big difference. And, you know, Leon, Leon mentions the, the, the Football League trophy as well. You know, I mean, for a club that hadn't been to Wembley, what, two years ago, if they can get a third, yeah. third season running there, I mean, that would just That's be an unbelievable there. achievement. Mm. I, I don't think it's going to happen in the FA Cup, but if it could happen in the, if it could happen yeah. in the trophy, that would be, uh, that would be magnificent. And just, just continue the, the positive feel around the place. That it's, it's one of those clubs, you know, much as we were just talking about Rotherham, it just feels like a good place to, to yeah. play football, to manage a team, to be on the terraces, and you just want to keep that going for as long as it, as long as it can in what, what ever form that takes so uh, so fingers crossed they can do that mm, definitely and uh, finally for this week uh, we turn our attention to Bradford City who following two postponements over Christmas uh, gained a good win away at Barrow the news that the Bantams have signed Luton's uh, Dion Pereira on loan until the end of the season suggests that Derek Adams team will be looking to make a real challenge for uh, in the second half of the season um, w- will this be the end of Bradford's activity or do you think uh, there's Yet more to come, Stuart. Definitely won't be the end of Bradford's activity. I'm sure of that. I think. I think for Bradford, really, kind of the things we were saying about Middlesbrough apply as well. There's there's going to be real intent in this window. It's just a question of what they can do. Uh, and and I think you know I think they're capable of doing quite a bit to be honest with the the you know the standing of the club the the the, the backing I think the manager's going to get it's going to be the first transfer window where Derek Adams has been in complete control of of transfers so really it, it's over to him I mean they've given they've given their promotion rivals a decent old head start they've left themselves with a lot of work to do and I don't think it's just about signings you know certainly some of my my mates who watch Bradford away from home particularly talk about you know they need to play a bit more positively at times um but I, I think I think the ball's in their court now really I, th- I think they've got the opportunity to 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 really shake that squad up to get it to get it more in keeping with what Adams wants, mm-hmm. and then you know just let them go and 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 judge them on that. And uh, you know whilst they, I say whilst they have given the rest a, a good head start, the beauty of the football league and the beauty of the playoffs is that you know you pretty much you're pretty much always in with it in with a shout if you have a good January. Mm-hmm. Um, over to them now to see if they can. Yeah, I mean, they famously did that, didn't they, Stuart? Oh, when was it? Well, it was the year they got to the league league cup final, wasn't it? They were mm, they were in um, a, very, a pretty modest off the top of my head. They're in a pretty modest modest position in um, in sort of February, and then they just went off like a like a train and got the last last place in the playoffs, I think, and and went all the all the way. I mean, you, you sort of look at Bradford in the here and now, and you know, I think they've only lost something like is it four or five league games, so. Not too many teams have had better records in that regard, but it's just the number that draws, isn't it? And you know, you know thinking about it um, simplistically, you know, to turn those draws to wins, it's just getting a bit more of a clinical edge up front, and and and, and one or two more um, creative options. And if they can, you know, manage that, then and things drop into place, they they should have a chance. I mean, they bought. Um, Theo Robinson and uh, Lavery and then to be fair they haven't really really pulled up any any trees and there's um, there's not been too much um, support for uh, for um, Cook and, and Angle and obviously had injury issues as well so yeah I'd, I'd say it's uh, probably in terms of priority maybe getting the Bort Pereira in who, who sounds like he's quite adaptable and can play in a few positions offensive positions you know another, another couple more attacking options I'd say and um, maybe someone else in, in, in centre midfield as well but it's 
it's a you know a bit like we, we talk about you know Sheffield Wednesday having get, getting another you know attacking option at the business end to finish things off. That's what Bradford need. It's all about. It's it is about. You can talk about style, but the second half of the the season it can become a bit of a charge, and there's a lot of game. There'll be a fair few games to play with what's happened with COVID. It is about results, points, and um, ticking off the wins, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a great one for these subjective stats, but um, their XG numbers are, are very good. They create a lot of chances. I mean, Pereira's, Pereira is, by all accounts, more of a creator anyway, but they already create a lot of chances. As as Leon rightly says, it's just that clinical edge. You know, they've, they've sorted out the hard-to-beat side. They've sorted out the creativity. There's one last bit to go, and it's the, it's the most difficult bit of the lot, but if they can get it right, you know... There'll be there'll be teams nervous about what Bradford are going to do in this transfer window. I am yeah. sure. And you look if, if Cook obviously Andy Cook got an injury and they sort of struggled with, without him in that regard. If he got another injury again, they'd, they'd still look they'd look like where are the goals are going to where are they really going to come from? You know, with no disrespect to what they've got there, it's about finishing finishing off teams now. YorkshirePost.co.uk Many thanks to Stuart Rayner and Leon Wobtrell, who will doubtless join us again soon for more discussions on the Yorkshire football scene. But don't forget, you can keep up to date with all the football news across Yorkshire and beyond by logging on to our website at www.yorkshirepost.co.uk forward slash sport. Or if you search for Yorkshire Post Sport, Yorkshire Post Football or even Sheffield Sport on Facebook, you can find us there as well. If you have any questions for our writers, you can get in touch using those various Twitter or Facebook pages or email us directly with the subject matter as footballtalkpodcast at yp.sport at jpimedia.co.uk. As ever, many thanks for listening, look after yourselves and bye for now.